What is good, everyone? Do not adjust the volume, but don't freak out. You're like, damn, where's Jenna? What's going on? It's good, man. It's your boy, Gerard. Seven footers. We're doing our thing. Jenna is out in health and safety protocols. She's doing fine. Don't worry. But, you know, when your co-host is out, what ends up happening is like when your wife goes out of town with her girls for the weekend, you bring your boys over, right? And y'all just, you know, you just do, you do guy stuff. You're just watching games, doing whatever. Thing you got to make sure is, though, you clean that house up before she gets back. Because she's going to know if you had people over and mess that house up. So we're going to do that. I'm getting my boys back in here today. First up, this is a man who is just a very angry individual, like on, on the regular. Literally wakes up ready to punch somebody in the face. It's my man, co-host of the AR to Tell podcast. You can see him on FanDuel, Brian Fonseca. What's up, man? <laughs> first of all, first of all, <laughs> Dexter probably saw me in the back or whatever the fuck you call that. Or I was clapping because your analogy was perfect. Your yeah, analogy was you, absolutely yeah. perfect. Because yeah, you know the fellas yeah. are about to come through, bro. Yeah. Fuck shit up. Then Jenna's going to come back. She's going to be tight. You know what I'm saying? You left this over. Why did Brian leave this, you know, over here and all this uh, shit? You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> That is exactly what happens when your wife goes out of town, right? you like, oh, man, man, clean this house up before she comes back. Next up is my man, Jamal Murphy. He is at Black Atologist on Twitter. He is the college basketball guru. He knows a thing or two about the NBA as well. You can find his work on The Undefeated. He's also host of The Bros Potter with the legendary William C. Roden. What up, Murph? What up, what up, what up? Thanks for having me. You know, can't wait to get into this uh, NBA stuff. I know we'll have some uh, heated discussions. <laughs> I'm ready. I figured, I figured we bring the chat, our group chat, just out, you know, out here. Because this is essentially what it is. Same shit we talk about in the chat. I'm like, fuck it, let's just talk about it out here. And last but not least, doing double duty, producing the show, and going to be ex- offering his expert opinion. Now, usually he's on my side in most arguments. Hopefully that continues. Is my man Dexter Henry. He is the co-host with Brian Fonseca of the Hotel Podcast. Can I say where people might find you soon, or are we ain't ready to put that out in the streets? Uh, we're not gonna put that on okay, the streets right, till tomorrow. Right, we're gonna we'll, we'll, right. we'll talk about that <laughs> around, around tomorrow. If I was Brian, I'd be all eager. But see, that's how you ruin parties and shit. Like that's that's how you do this. And what I will say, the likeliest person to ruin this podcast before Jenna comes back is absolutely Brian. Oh, it's absolutely Brian. I agree. Absolutely, I totally Brian. agree. Because see, Murph, Murph, Murphy chilling. Like I know Murphy chilling. Murphy's good. Like Brian, don't worry about him. We know that. That, that's how it goes, man. But listen, that's that's the beauty of this of this group we have going on here. Everybody brings their perspective, and Brian's here for that energy that we sometimes need, sometimes don't. So I'm actually very <laughs> excited to start it off with this. So Portland Trailblazers head coach Chauncey Billups had some interesting comments the other day, and I thought it was a great place for us to start because, you know, Dex, we always talk about nuance and, like, listening and, you know, narratives and all this stuff. So I want you guys to listen to what Chauncey Billups said about one Kyrie Irving. Kyrie is just, he's a wizard, man. He's must-see TV. I personally think as somebody that played the position, I think Kyrie's the most skilled player that's ever played that position. Just straight skill, nothing else. Just straight skill. I think he's the best that I've ever seen at the position skill-wise. So obviously he gives you a ton when he's playing. And I thought that was interesting because Chauncey made it very clear to say it several times 
just skill-wise. I think he's the most talented to play that position. And I wanted to bring that to the group because Kyrie is a, you know, he's a polarizing dude. And I know Brian's got some extra thoughts about Kyrie. So I'm going to save you for last. <laughs> so Murph, what did you think of, of uh, Chauncey's position on Kyrie as the most skilled position, a skilled player to play point guard? Just skill, nothing else. Yeah, I'm not really buying it in terms of him being the, you know, most skilled player ever to play that position. He's, he's probably up there, uh, you know, tre- tremendous handle. So if you're talking about skill, I, I guess you're talking about that great shooter. He's not the greatest passer at the position by far. So And that's a skill also. So that's where I would have, I mean, there, there's guys like Magic Johnson passing wise, and that's a tremendous skill he had. So I would uh, beg to differ on him being the most skilled ever, you know, maybe he was just trying to butter him up before the game, you know, get, you know, have him, have him out there a little loose, try to do a little too much. You know what I'm saying? And Kyrie definitely took the bait with his, uh, his, his uh, response afterwards. So. so it's interesting. You said, you said passing and how do, how do you measure passing? Because I think a lot of people who got upset about this is like, he's not even a better passer than Russell Westbrook. And I'm like, y'all tripping. Well, like, total assists are not how I judge passing. That, that is not a stat that you measure passing with. Because if I pass every time I know someone's going to get a bucket, that doesn't make me a great passer. That means I know how to get assists, right, to, stat, to pad my stats. I do think Kyrie has actually excellent court vision, right, and can make excellent passes. And we've seen it. But, Dex, what do you think about that position that Chauncey had about Kyrie? I mean... I'm not going to go that far to say he's the most skilled ever. I don't think it's crazy. Like, I know I call him Hotep Handles, right? <laughs> because his candles are crazy. We know his handles are crazy, right? We, we know this, and he's very skilled with the handles. I don't think he's, I don't think he's a bad passer. I wouldn't call him an elite passer. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't put him in the vein of a Magic Johnson, a Jason Kidd, and this going out of a point goal, but even a Nikola Jokic, somebody like that. I think he's very skilled. I, I'm with Murph on this. I think he deserves to be talked and up there because of what he can do. We know we can hit big time shots. We see that. I know Brian will say, oh, was there one shot that one time? But yeah, that, that matters. It counts. Like, <laughs> I think that we know he's very skilled. He can shoot. He's got handles. He's a fantastic finisher. That I might argue. I think he's the best point guard finisher I have probably ever seen. I think that's fair. But if I'm going to call him the most skilled, I'm going to say no, but I don't think Billups is crazy for this. Like, I'm not going to get mad about this and say, oh, man, he's wilding out on this thing right here. You know, but we'll, I would just we'll just pass it on to Brian, who, you know, who still <laughs> thinks Kemba is better than Kyrie. Well, you know, we'll, <laughs> about that. well before, we, before we even get to Brian, right, for me, if I'm looking at skills on the basketball court, the things I think about, I think about shooting, dribbling, passing, and I think about footwork. Those are the four things I think about that matter okay. to basketball skill. And I think Kyrie is elite at all of those things. In, look. His layup package and his finishing ability, insane. From zero to 10 feet, which is the land of the Giants in the NBA, from the rim to 10 feet out, that's where all the big people hang out, okay? He, and scoring oversize in the NBA is the hardest thing to do. At six foot one, and he ain't six two, so cut all that lie and bullshit out. Six one with shoes on on a good day. He's, for his career, is 51%. That is excellent. And that's because of that footwork, ability to go off either side, left or right with his feet, Either side with his with his dribble. You could argue Allen Iverson's got a more iconic crossover, but in terms of escape dribble, crab dribble, behind the back, everything that you Kyrie, I mean, his handles to me are not even a question. And shooting-wise, for his career, he's 47, 39, 88, I believe. Like he's a better shooter than Isaiah Thomas. 
right? Like, I mean, Uh-oh. and Allen Iverson, uh, people, people who people put above him. So to me, when you add all those skills together, you can make the argument he's the most skilled. I ain't saying he's the best teammate. I ain't saying he's the best winner. And Chauncey made that clear several times. He said, just skill. And I think you could make that argument. But watch I, Brian bring up other stuff that ain't got I, nothing I, to do with before that. Before right Brian now. says one thing, I do want to say one thing. You know, we want him to be highly skilled and, you know, all around. But he's one thing we know that he's not skilled at, and that's getting that vaccine. We know that for <laughs> sure. He's not skilled at that. He, he definitely is skilled. He definitely is skilled at the vaccine. He's a great finisher, but he can't finish and get the jab. That's all <laughs> He I'm definitely saying. ain't skilled at that. I'm just saying. All right, Brian, tell me a million reasons why Kyrie's not skilled. I don't take the skill away from him. I would just say to Chauncey Billups, like, and because who gives a shit? <laughs> I don't care about like who's the most skilled player to ever play the position. Uh, I would not have put him first though either. At the same time, I I do think that he's great at finishing. He's probably the best finishing point, uh, best uh, finisher from that position ever, and maybe has the best handles ever from that position. But like, what are we talking about? Like, who gives a shit if he's the most skilled guy ever? He still sort of is what he is and ha- and is who he has been throughout his career. He's one of these dudes that's going to be polarizing for the rest of his life because he's great and talented on the court, but does a whole bunch of dumb shit off of it and a whole bunch of charitable shit off of it. Um, he's going to be, you know, one of these guys like Andre Iguodala says he's, you know, the best ever, whatever the fuck he said. Uh, because he's so skilled at what he does and, you know, players respect players who could do things that they can't, but they also respect assholes. And I'm not saying Kyrie is one necessarily, <laughs> but, you know, maybe he exhibits the behavior of an asshole from time to time, I would say. Um, that said, on this list that we're talking about, I'm not sure I'm putting him above Magic Johnson. I'm not sure I'm putting him above Steph Curry. Uh, you brought up Allen Iverson. I don't know. Uh, Steve Nash should probably be mentioned here somewhere. Um, but why, why would you put those guys above? Because they've won more shit? No, I'm not saying I would, I'm not I'm saying this is all like who's in this conversation. Oh, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Um Magic See, the thing with Magic Johnson that's absurd to me is that he's 6'9", six six nine, nine. so it's not so I I can't like at that size you're going to be able to do things that Kyrie can't cuz you're just taller and bigger. No, yeah, but but, 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 I, but I would also say on the reverse, there's things that Kyrie's going to be able to do that somebody who's 6'9" probably sure, should have sure, be able to, sure, right? Sure. Like and just with Magic it just goes to like being six nine and being able to pass like that, I don't like. We haven't seen that really since. Pass handle, no doubt. Yeah, oh, handle. I mean, we haven't seen that position magic. at that size. Yeah, we haven't really seen that since, except for you know maybe I don't know LeBron James, who's arguably yeah. the best yeah. player ever, right? Like yeah, no so doubt. so, no and I think with Steve Nash, I think Steve Nash should be in this conversation more. Like some of the shit that he did, although oh he's was, up there, Nash is up there. It was a peak run that wasn't very long because his peak sort of came later in his career mm-hmm. when he mm-hmm. when he engineered Mike D'Antoni's system. But he's somebody else who also like would shoot very efficiently and mm-hmm. actually finish at the rim. Not not the same way that Kyrie does, but the game was also different. Like he mm-hmm. was still of the pass first point guard variety where Kyrie stylistically fits into more of the mold of what we see now in the modern day point guard. Right. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. but I say all that to say, like, I, I just think this is not that not, not us having it, but I think generally speaking, when people talk about this, it can be a dumb conversation because I am somebody who looks at basketball and says like, I don't care about only skill. Cause if we were only talking about skill, then this would be NBA 2k. And this is not NBA 2k. This is real <laughs> life. So so what you're saying is you do not want Kyrie on your basketball team. That's what you're saying. I, I told you before, like I wouldn't. <laughs> want, I just would. He's great, talented, or whatever. But when we eventually do our draft of drafting the best 
uh, you know, whatever amount of players in the NBA because we're going to do that. Right. I'm not taking him in that draft. That's all so, I'm saying. So it's interesting, right? So one of the conversations I love having with Coach Thorpe on True Hoop is if we need to have, and I'm not saying Kyrie's on this list, but if we need to have our best five to go up against the Monstars for the fate of the planet, how are you picking your five, right? And I think it's an interesting conversation to have because oftentimes when people have these debates, they use things like MVPs, all NBAs, and it's like, that doesn't tell me anything about you as a skilled player. That tells me you're on some good teams, you put up some good numbers, right? When we talk about pure basketball skill, right, and multiple things, not just buckets, which of course, you know, Uncle Drew loves to sell us it's all about buckets. There's other shit that goes on on the basketball court too. I think it's interesting when we're having these conversations, what are the things we look at to measure how talented and how good someone is at the sport of basketball, right? And it's not just raw counting stats. It ain't just MVPs. Those aren't the things that tell us that, right? Like you got to be able to look at other things to tell you whether or not somebody's good. I just thought that Chauncey's comments were interesting. And you can make that argument. And that's not, to me, that's not out of left field. It's not crazy to say that. I think that Kyrie would try to befriend the Monstars and wouldn't play on the team that we would try to <laughs> I actually think that he would try to be one of them and be on the <laughs> team and shit. So. And, and, and the fate of the planet would be over and we'd be dead. Right, yeah, like, yeah, like he would actually try to go back to them with wherever the fuck they came from. That's what I think. And I, I don't even th- I, I think y'all are kind of with me on that, too. I mean, like, I, 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 think, I think he would if their planet was yeah. flat. I think he would. <laughs> I think so. It was he might have already he might already be part of that team. You know? he, might, <laughs> he, he might have been sent here by the monsters to fuck us up ahead of time. Well, well I, the I, I'm going to leave that alone. I'm not even going to say anything on that. Yeah, yeah, he probably was. All right, probably fellas. Uh, trade season is literally it's more serious basketball talk. Is about a, a month away. I'm a little less than a month now. 29 days. Now and... that shit started already, yo. Bowl Bowl's on the move. <laughs> what you mean? Uh, shout out, shout out, free, free Bowl yeah. Bowl. Who everyone Seriously. knows. I, I, I'm, I'm a fan of his on this pod, on, on this podcast. You know, we'll see what happens in Detroit. Just want to see him play. That's it. I mean, well, that's the thing. We will see that for sure. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Detroit, Detroit stinks. <laughs> so he should get all the run in Detroit because they stink. Story um, on that and, coming and, tomorrow. And and they're trying to lose. So you know, do that. Yeah. What team, you know, when teams are looking at the trade deadline, and the reason why I brought this up was because Atlanta, the Atlanta Hawks GM, Travis Schlank, had some wild comments over the weekend where he's basically like, I don't know if I should have brought this whole team back. I was like, damn, son. He said, we have two opportunities to make some moves. That's at the trade deadline and on draft day. What that says to me is that if your name is not Trey Young, you may want to call some movers and start packing some shit up in your boxes because you might be on the move come next month. And that includes John Collins, who even though they're committed to him long term, that's a contract that you can move, right? Because he's super talented and people want to have him. So with that thought in mind and in that vein, as we're looking at NBA trade deadline, what are some things we could see from a team like Atlanta? Look, Atlanta, and I said this a bunch of times, I'm going to say it again. To me, they started the year with the wrong energy. When Trey came out with the, it's hard to get up for the regular season after what we've accomplished, my dude. You got to one conference finals in your life, which you mean all we've accomplished. Like that ain't guaranteed stuff. And that kind of tone to me set a bad precedent for the team all year. Cause they just, I mean, if you, you watch them play, they look like they just, you know, they just out here trying to outscore teams. They ain't trying to guard nobody. They seem, they seem like they're just waiting. Like they're in their veterans. We're waiting until April. They keep this shit up. They ain't going to play in April at this rate. So if you're Atlanta, and I'll start with you, Murph, what would you do if you're Travis Schlenk? Are you trying to make some moves? What, what's going on? Because I don't think it's a Nate McMillan problem. This isn't a Nate issue. No, no. 
No, I think I think you make some moves. I think it's addition by subtraction with this team. They just have too many of the same type of guys, the same age, young guys who are still trying to find themselves in this league, still have a lot to prove. And I think that's what they're worried about. Um, they're going out there trying to get their own numbers, uh, trying to, you know, increase their own status within the league. And they're not, you know, they don't really know how to play together. And, they, and they're not trying to play together at this point. When you remember the run they made in the playoffs, they had a lot of guys injured. You know, Hunter was injured. He was in and out. Uh, Reddish was injured. So there was more space for, you know, there, there were there was only a certain number of guys they had that, that had to play, had to produce. And I think that's they have to go back to that. I think you have to make a decision between Herder, Reddish, uh, you know, even Hunter. You got to move one or two of those guys and, and come up with like a core of a six or seven guys that you're going to roll with. And I think, you know, you'll get better production. Even this year, the times they played well, it, they've been shorthanded. Mm-hmm. That's when they mm-hmm. played their best. And mm-hmm. that's including without Trey Young. They won the other night without Trey Young. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think they just have too many guys who want the ball. I want to do the same thing. You still you got guys like Bogdanovich and Gal- Gallinari, too, who play that same wing mm-hmm. position. You mm-hmm. got you to gotta make some kind of moves. All right, Brian, what do you think? Don't be trading my boy Herder. <laughs> no, not not necessarily, but they they gotta do they have to do something, right? Like we we used to talk about this in a different way with the Boston Celtics for a mm-hmm. while, where it's like, all right, you kind of have too much talent and need to consolidate some stuff in order to clear up some space for some other guys to produce. Like you can have too many guys who are like good enough to be in your rotation, and you can have too much depth. And I think we saw that with the Hawks because you know to Murph's point, like you would see them play well without a couple guys on their roster, like DeAndre Hunter, for example, someone who's been injured a lot. Cam Reddish was somebody who was injured last year, and then we saw him play during the playoffs for a little bit, and it was like, oh, okay, this is interesting, but they clearly didn't need him for that playoff run. Mm -hmm. So that's why the thinking was like, all right, can they sort of move a couple of pieces? They seem like this prime trade team, and now I'm not really sure which direction they're going to heavily go in because I, I thought that the run last year was a little bit fluky, just a little bit. Because I do think that they also benefited from some injuries in the Eastern Conference. And they they also had, you know, the Knicks, who I think that they were a team like the Atlanta Hawks benefited from not making it to the bubble and having all that rest, which we saw last year. And then after that, they took advantage of the Philadelphia 76ers, which we don't need to get into that conversation. <laughs> somebody, you know, who's on that team. But <laughs> I, I would say, I would say, but I do think they're legit, right? I just think that going to the Eastern Conference Finals kind of fooled some people into thinking like, oh, naturally the next step is that they're going to get to the NBA Finals. And it's like, nah, dog, the East is very, very, very yeah. tough. And the, the Atlanta Hawks probably got a little bit too full of themselves in that regard too. So the Hawks have talent. I still think that they're they have the 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 requisite pieces to to someday get to the finals in the near term. They're, they're talented enough, but to Murph's yeah. point and to your point, they got to move some pieces, right? So I'm thinking, lean into the defensive identity, roll 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 the dice. Look, Hunter's been injury prone so far, and that's a dangerous dice to roll. But if that's the one I'm going to keep, and I'm going to move Reddish because Reddish can shoot it, man. Like he's he's proven that. And how many teams need a six foot seven wing type dude who can just get buckets? He can do that. All right. De- Dexter's wearing a shirt of one team right well, now. Well, you exactly. <laughs> so I, I would move Reddish and the Lou Williams, Clint Capella, and Danilo Gallinari. Those are all deals that got one year left, maybe two at the most. You can always move those guys. I would get off those contracts quickly um, and see what you can do there and keep the core of Trey, John. And DeAndre Hunter with Herder is maybe your starting two or your sixth man. But Dex, what do you think the Hawks should do? 
Well, look, they need help because they are what they are, right? Like we like to look at the numbers and they are 28th in adjusted defensive rating and second in adjusted offensive rating. So you know where that puts you? In the middle of nowhere, right? Not good. Can't stop anybody. Can't get it done. Um, I agree with Brian. I think Cam Reddish is their best trade piece. I think they've got to look to move him. Um, I mean, I don't even know what you're going to do with Hunter. Do you roll the dice to see if you could package him in with something? Or do you want to lean into him because he's one of your better defensive players? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Good luck moving Gallinari. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> that's not gonna. That's not gonna be easy. You still might be able to move Lou Will, I think, because he can help a team. But I do addition by subtraction. And look, they weren't going to be able to pay everybody. Yeah. There's some talk about John Collins not being happy mm-hmm. with his role. Mm-hmm. Although I'm mm-hmm. like, you might want to play some defense. That might help a little bit too. So I don't really know that. What Brian makes a great point is I don't. I was not as high in the Hawks as everybody was, despite their run last year. I do like some of their pieces. I don't think they need a major overhaul, but I do think they've got to get some more defensive-minded players focusing there to help Trey. Because let's be real on this. Trey is awful defensively, mm-hmm. right? We, he's not good defensively. We know how great he is offensively, but he's not good defensively. And he needs better players around him that are going to mm-hmm. help him. That and so... You got to make these moves, yeah. but I think Atlanta could be fine. But it starts with trading Cam Reddish. That's what yeah. I would do if it was up to me. Trade Cam Reddish. But here's the here's the thing too, right? They're gonna they have to trade some of these guys, but then you get people back, so you still you still bring in <laughs> more people. So you know, what, yeah, what, yeah, what, yeah, what, yeah. What, yeah. What's well, it gonna Murph, look like? Murph, that's yeah, a good point though, because what kind of who yeah. are you bringing back? Right, yeah, that's the yeah. thing. Who are you bringing it back, and what kind of players you bringing back? And we're talking about defensive minded two way players. Mm-hmm. Those don't grow on trees either. Like people might want a win guy that's going to score, but they also want guys that can play two-way players. And we know there ain't a great deal of them in the NBA that can play at a high level. Two-way wings don't grow on trees. Like you're telling people that all the time. It's not a thing. You go, let me just go get that guy. That's not a thing. If you're Trey's the guy, obviously, and I think Trey's excellent. You got to surround him with defense and size. So that's why I say lean into Hunter as your starting three. By the way, Hunter can also shoot the three. He's shown that right when he's on the court. And then Herter is six foot seven, so that's size, right? That's what I would surround him with in that backcourt, so that when you team try to isolate him or whatever, you can try to not enforce that switch away and put one of those guys back on him. So Atlanta's got some pieces and some things to do. Obviously, Travis Schlenk wants to move people. Those comments say that somebody's getting traded, if not multiple people. Um, I want to move to Brooklyn because they're an interesting team, right? They banked a bunch of wins early, and even in their late latest stretch where they're playing some of the most piss poor basketball that they've played. Um, in this iteration, there's still only two games back of the of the Bulls for the number for the number one seed in the East. So, and that's the luxury when you have a player like Kevin Durant. But they got some issues, and I was talking about this in the chat with you guys. So many people on this team, they are really good estimated plus minus in one thing and horrendous in the other. And this team defense was their identity when they were winning all those games. They were a top six defense adjusted defensive rating. They've been slipping. They're down to 12th right now in just a defensive rating and falling fast. And that ain't a good thing, right? Like, and I'm wondering, what are the margin trades? We all know the big trade that everyone likes that Murph and I always talk about, which is ship Harden out of here, put him to Philly and get Ben Simmons. That'll make them instantly better on defense, right? Like, and on the road, when Kyrie plays, they can do all the fun things and get out in transition and all that cool stuff. But realistically, what's a trade that we think can actually happen for them along the margins? Dex, I'm going to start with you. What do you think they can do margin-wise? What do they need, first of all? What they need, what they really need is, a, and this this, this is a, a person I know that, like, Murph is not, has not been high on. Because let's be honest, 
he hasn't been good in the playoffs. And that's Joe Harris. So what you really need is another guy that you could trust to make some shots in the playoffs and maybe create a little bit off the dribble. Now, I don't, I don't know who this guy is per se, but I think what you want to think about is can you get a guy that's sort of like, what if they had somebody who was like an Alec Burks kind of around that, that mm-hmm. could handle, could play a little bit of D, another mm-hmm. ball handler kind of guy. Mm-hmm. You can trust him to hit some shots. He's the kind of guy that would fit well. The Knicks and Nets are never going to trade, no. so that's not going to happen, right? And so I, when you're looking around the league, I don't know how, that, how that's going to work. But I think the other area where you're not really sure with them right now is kind of at the center position, mm-hmm. right? Do you trust Nick Claxton? What, what are they doing there? Can you find a team that maybe has a young center that wants to get, get off uh, get off this guy that maybe they don't think think is going to work with them? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Could, they, could they go get somebody? I don't know. This is his name I'm throwing out. Could they go get a Mo Bamba from Orlando if Orlando's done with the experiment? Wendell Carter Jr. has been playing a lot better there. I don't know if that's a guy they can go get, what they would give up for that. But I think it's going to be center and also adding uh, a guy that can shoot that you can trust in the playoffs. You need – if you look, this all comes down to the fact that Kyrie can't play – right now he can, can't play home games, and he can only play on the road. That's another thing that makes it tough with these trades for the Nets because it's like you need help when he's not there. Mm-hmm. Harden, I'll let Murph take on this. <laughs> Harden has not looked good at all, and you're overtaxing Durant. So you need somebody else beside Patty Mills who can have the ball in his hand and maybe score a bit, and you could actually trust them. That's a lot. I don't know who that person is, but it needs to happen. You, you know who would be helpful, who they could mm. use right now, Brian? Jared Allen. But they like to have Jared Allen center right now. Uh, Bet they like that. Yeah. But listen, and, and y'all know KD's my boy, but I'll kill him for this I, I, as I killed LeBron <laughs> for it. These players don't make good GMs. They just don't, okay? Because all they care about is who can get buckets, and which it doesn't make any sense because DeAndre Jordan was who they wanted, and DeAndre Jordan can't do anything. And where, where's that? DeAndre's about to be out of the league in two seconds, right? As soon as the Lakers get off that deal, come come trade deadline when they release him. Jared Allen will be helpful. But, Brian, what do you think the, the, the Nets need? Oh, man. I don't know if they're going to find everything that they need uh, between now and the trade deadline. I don't know if anybody will because I think everyone's just going to have holes this year because of injuries, COVID, and no one has, like, perfect roster construction at this point, which makes this year fascinating. I think with the Nets in particular, though, the first thing I do think about is that center spot because I do think they want to – it sounds like they want to upgrade from Nick Claxon, which is weird, as I said in the chat, because, like, sometimes like he really comes – yeah, I like him too. Sometimes he really comes through for them, but then I could see on other nights where it's like, yeah, he's a little too raw for what they're looking for to build a championship-level center or a championship-level team to have a championship-level center. Could they go and get – and would this even be helpful for them? Is there a deal to make with uh, New Orleans and try to get Jonas Valanciunas? I don't even know how they can make the money work there, but is that somebody who could help them, right, and give them some toughness and give them some rebounding shit? We would be talking about him being a borderline all-star if he was on a team that we cared about, right, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, because of the production that he's actually put down there. And Miles Turner is the other guy Mm -hmm, that I think about, mm -hmm. right? Like, Jared Allen played at Texas, not with Miles Turner, but he was the guy that came after. And, you know... Miles Turner is somebody who I think a lot of teams could use because uniquely he can rim protect just as good as anybody in the Eastern Conference. Um, you know, is one of the best shot blockers in the league. It has been for a while. Is somebody who's gotten snubbed from all defense because his position is loaded there. And at the same time, he could also hit threes and mm-hmm. give you some rebounding. He's not mm-hmm. a great rebounder for his size, but part of that is because he's a great shot blocker. Mm-hmm. Right. Like if, if he was playing in a previous era, we might be talking about him getting three and a half, four uh, blocks per game because guys would be driving in on him and he'd be swatting that shit away. Now, he's not perfect, but 
he would alleviate a lot of what the Nets need and shit other teams too and what they're looking for. So I think that I'm thinking about a center that mm-hmm, is more mm-hmm. more trustworthy night in and night mm-hmm, out and then mm-hmm. things go from there. But, you know, what I'm worried about with their roster is like, are they going to run Kevin Durant into the ground? Yes. Uh, you know, James Harden, I look, Dexter knows because I've been saying for at least two or three years, I'm like, look, the, the, the fall is coming because he's he's kind of like a running back where he's, you know, his game is high contact, taking all these hits, not someone who really takes care of himself. This is why people are getting on Luka Doncic early because they're mm-hmm. like, yo, we want you to be conditioned so that you can be very, very good. Stop showing up to training camp 260, <laughs> pounds, whatever God the case damn. may be. Like, and then with James Harden, it's like, yo, you're entering your mid 30s and there's potentially a max extension for four or five years on the table you know like and 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 we're already seeing the beginning of a decline that i don't know how it gets turned around so i think the nets are they're in a little bit of danger so we'll see what happens i just want to add the danger is too that they just don't have a lot of trade assets like that's that's the other thing too right they don't have a lot of trade assets they do have a player exception um, two, there's two player bit, exceptions. Two player exceptions, mm-hmm. right? And I was leading, reading a bit of Bobby Mark's trade primer that came out today. And, you know, there some rumors about them possibly getting, like, Justin Holiday from the Pacers, but it would hit them in the luxury tax. They'd have a pretty serious bill with that that's about, of like, $10 million. Does Josiah want to pay that? Well, listen, Josiah got more money than Jesus, so I don't, I ain't <laughs> worried about him. Like, so, I don't care. B- billionaire pockets, money, so. yeah, it ain't my money, and billionaire pockets yeah. ain't my concern. Pay that luxury tax. But, to your yeah, point, Dex, that's the problem when you go all in on a hardened trade, right? When you give up every single piece of your future trade assets, you're this is it. You've rolled the dice now. And now that's why I want to hear what Murph has to say. <laughs> I, I, real quick before, before Murph goes, I, I love the idea of Turner, but you know where Turner would look even better? Golden State, because he solves that DeAndre Ayton problem. Anyway, go ahead, Murph. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the Nets problem is, you know, we're, we're, we're naming guys that would fit in, like a Valanciunas or, mm-hmm. you know, but these guys cost money. And remember, they have three max guys on the team. That's the way this team is mm-hmm. is constructed. So, you don't they don't have the assets to do it. And we knew yeah. that when, when you put these three guys together, you knew when you have a team like that, everybody else has to be a role player mm-hmm. that, you know, can do a little something. And I think that Marks did a great job with that. I love mm-hmm. I love some of the role players they have, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. a Bembry, like mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Aldridge, guys mm-hmm. like that, Millsap, all these guys. You know, they um, Patty Mills, they're great mm-hmm. role players, but they but they can't get you really a bucket when when you really need it. They're not shooters. And then and you know, they have to rely on Claxton, who's a nice young center, which mm-hmm. is really all they could get back mm-hmm. with the money they have is another nice young center. So is it worth, yeah. you know, Claxton's probably the best that they can do at this mm-hmm. point. So, I mean, I think they're in a rut. I, you know, uh, Joe, Joe Harris, you know, he's at least in the regular season, he would help. Okay, <laughs> He'd be very helpful getting them a better seed. Once, once you get to the playoffs, you know, but the problem is you need this shooter because you don't have Kyrie yes, for half, well, more than yes. half your games. If you there had you Kyrie, go. then, you yes. know, you have another shooter right now. They right. have one shooter that, you know, you can run, they can run in a double KD whenever you want. Like and, now Harden, and now Harden is not even a shooter this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, don't know where, I don't know where you go. I don't no, know where you go. Murphy the nail on the head, right? Yeah. I've said this all the, I say this in chat all the time. The Brooklyn Nets were constructed to have three players operate at an all-NBA level. They have one. And, and the problem is 
those two slots where the other two All-NBA guys are, to Murph's point, they're not open. They're occupied by two dudes, one who only plays half the games and the other one who's not playing at All-NBA level. Well, that's 60, 75, $80 million stuck with two dudes who ain't doing shit. That's uh-huh. a problem. And you can't yeah. just say, all right, let me get rid of that and put two. No, 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 no. They're there and they're staying there, which is why I love the idea, if you can, is we know Daryl Morey loves him some James Harden. Take okay, him. man. Be like, you take him. We'll... And, and if I'm if I'm Charles Marks, I say, all right, let me get back. Ben, obviously, let me get back Maxi and Tybal. Lean into this defensive identity shit. Ooh. Lean all the way oh. into that. I'll tell you what, I would love that for the Nets. I just wonder if Daryl Morey just, you know, still has the rose-colored glasses on <laughs> for James Harden. Or or he sees what Murph, and I don't want you to put Murph on here, all of us have seen where we like, yo, James Harden don't look that great right now. I don't know if I want to do this deal. You know what I mean? Like, he I might see, see that. saying that. Yeah. yeah, I can see Morey saying the truth. Morey's like, I used to love him. I, <laughs> I used to love him. Love him. <laughs> I don't love him like that now. <laughs> And Maury, and Maury's also trying to hold out like as long as possible. Like I don't, I don't think that that's a trade that he's running to make necessarily. Like give the Nets of all teams, by the way. All well, this is why we trade. said it, right? An, an right. interdivision trade is likely not happening. You're not going to help yeah. someone in your division get better. Like that's just not. Most teams don't do that. But yeah. you know, worth the thought. I want to move on to Cleveland because here's why: mm. I don't think Cleveland should do anything because look, you got listen, you won. Evan Mobley is incredible. Okay. That him and Darius Garland, that is the, and Jared Allen, that is the future of your team. Sometimes people get too excited when they start off too. And by the way, I want to be clear Cleveland is excellent. Number four in adjusted net rating right now. Their defense is all the way legit. Okay. Yep. And, and Evan Mobley's doing way more on offense early than I thought he'd be able to do. I knew he could get there, but he's doing it super early. I love it. I think they're ready. The problem is you get too gassed on yourself being a little bit better than you thought you were going to be. And now you're like, all right, let's go make this move. And then you fuck it up. And now I think they should stand pat. See what you can do. See if you can make the, see if you can hang on. I know the Rubio injury hurts and all that. I think they should stand pat. Don't trade any of these young pieces right now. So I think they're good enough to find their way and sneak into, even let's say they, they drop, they can still make the play in. I'm standing pat if I'm Cleveland. What do you guys think? I'm going to start with you, Murph. No, I agree totally with you. I think you you do you don't do anything. You don't have to do anything. I mean, you're good. You're a good team already. You're right. They had the injury bug hit them pretty hard. Rubio was a big blow. Mm-hmm. I like the Rondo pickup. You know, I, I think he kind of, you know, he he's kind of like a Rubio type. You know, he mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. a veteran, great passer. It's only as long as he can stay on the court, which Rubio could. So that mm-hmm. you know, that's the difference there. But you know, I don't rush to do anything. I, you're yeah. way ahead of schedule, like you yeah. said. Yes. You go, you go yeah. in there, you make the playoffs, mm-hmm. and even if you lose in the first round, that's, that's perfect. Nobody was expecting that. Right. So right. I think you're good. Yeah, maybe you try to touch up, maybe get a veteran swingman if you can, mm-hmm. but you don't give up anything. None major, of those. Yeah. Anything no, no. major. I think Cleveland, they don't have to do anything. What do you think, Dex? Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you guys on this. Cleveland's ahead of the course. Now, I thought Cleveland was gonna be better. Than the 26 and a half wins projected for them this year. And they're going to smash that in the next couple mm-hmm. of weeks, right? But they're, I don't know how good they could be. They don't need to jump the course of the timeline. Mm-hmm. I think it's too often mm-hmm. teams do that. And then we do that in the media where mm-hmm. we have these teams projected far. They've got a franchise player, Mobley, as we talked about. Murph was hiring Mobley. He watches the college game heavy. I love watching Mobley. Mm-hmm. They're playing a different style. I love what they're doing with all their length that they have. Sure. Would you feel better if they had a more upper echelon lead guard, right? Or even Colin Sexton back mm-hmm. to help lead them. No, you don't. But 
That's not going to happen. Anything that happens with Cleveland after this is gravy. Mm-hmm. Anything that happens mm-hmm. is gravy. So I'm with it. Don't don't mess it up. Don't reach. Well, we heard some talks. I think Brian mentioned this in the group chat. Karis LeVert. Come on. No, no, no. I like marketing too. I don't you know. Yo, I, yeah. Brian, we talked about this at the start of the season. We were like, we think it could work with two seven-footers. It's yeah. working with three, three. seven-footers on the court. I kind of like it. Look, here's my thing. If you can, the future of the NBA is, if you can have three seven-footers who can switch out and do multiple things, oh, yeah, you you that team. And they may have that right now. As, as long as they're versatile, and they are. Um, yes. The least versatile one is is Jared Allen. I mean, yeah. those, the other two, you know, yeah. they can be wherever you want to put mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. So I think they're good right now. Yeah. So I think that and we were talking about this the other day, Dex. One of my least favorite things in basketball is when everyone just tries to mimic each other and try to play the same way, which is why I really liked Cleveland heading into the season, although I didn't think they were going to start three seven-footers. I like that they were trying to build their roster in a different way. I was someone who bought into the Darius Garland hype because I liked what I saw from him the previous two years and even in college before that. So what he's doing is not surprising me that much, although it's even kicked into gear a little sooner than I expected because now you're talking about somebody who could be an all-star. And shit, they might have two all-stars because I think Jared Allen should absolutely get in. Um, Aside from that, like the Rajon Rondo trade was interesting. I don't think the Cavs should do anything, by the way. I don't think that they should try to trade and, you know, quote-unquote, get into that upper echelon of the Eastern Conference. Like, yo, you're you're at a good trajectory. Mm -hmm. I don't think you need to damage anything for your future. But... The Rondo move was a good low-risk move where it's like, all right, like right, let's sort of keep this afloat, keep this going, and not let this Rubio spot be totally vacant. They traded yep. Denzel Valentine to do it. Mm-hmm, who, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm yeah. not going to slander the dude's name, but, you know, <laughs> I think the Cavaliers won that trade. Um, uh, uh, you know, I think the Cavaliers won that trade. Is basically He's a cheerleader. Point. That's what he is. <laughs> <laughs> he was. He was on the bench. A lot of energy off the bench. And then, ain't nobody, ain't nobody missing Denzel Valentine. And then aside from that, it's like, I, I don't want them to necessarily trade Rubio, but, I mean, he's in a contract year. Yep. And if that's the Karis LeVert trade, like him and a pick or two for Karis, it depends on what yeah, kind yeah. of pick, but him and a pick or two for Karis LeVert, mm-hmm. like that's something where it's like, all right, yeah. if you're trying to upgrade that spot and sort of, you know, you know, help out but a little listen, bit. Listen, you know I love Karis, but is, Ka- is Karis the upgrade? I, I, no. Listen, I love no, Karis, no, 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 but, but he, I just but, feel like... But here's the thing. Who's better, Karis LaVert or an injured Ricky Rubio is the point, right? So mm-hmm. I understand, like, them sort of looking at that move with the eyeball emojis. The thing to keep who's, their, mind, who's their three? Okoro? Yes. Yeah, he's... Well, I'll take LaVert over that. That's right. the thing, like, and then it, oh. does it become Rubio and Okoro for Levert in some way? I don't know if the money works perfectly necessarily. I don't love how Levert's played this year. That's the, my problem with that. Well, it's I, I don't blame him because Indiana, Indiana, I feel like it's also a tough fit for him. But I'll wrap on this point. Like with Karis Levert, he's also making $18.8 million right. next year. So there's that also. <laughs> uh, so you're paying for that. So I think that, look, if, if Cleveland wants to do that, I mean, look. As somebody who covered the Nets during that time, you know, when people actually liked them and thought they were adorable, I think that seeing Karis LeVert and Jared Allen again as teammates will be cool to see. Look at you. But, look you know, look, we'll look at you having the emotional ties, Brian. I mean, no, the emotions we associate with you are normally anger and, yeah. you know, and misrepresentation, by the way. But what, but what I will <laughs> say is, you know, but you know how it is. It's like people like teams more 
When it's like it's like yeah. when you discover your homegrown favorite rapper. and all that bullshit. No, not even yeah, just homegrown, yeah. but like when they're on their way up, and then once they get up there, yeah. it becomes you don't like them no more because everybody it else becomes likes them. Yeah, so you. I think I yeah, think that's yeah, what's yeah, happened no to to. I know some net fans are like, man, like I want my team to win a championship, but I kind of don't feel the attachment to this team like before. Listen, listen, and it's listen, like I get it, yo. It's fans. it's just more let fun me, to root me, for Karis Levert than James Harden. It is. Let me tell you about them net fans. They ain't gonna be saying shit if they win a title. They're gonna be Word. happy as fuck. Word. All right, with whoever they. Yeah, I don't believe so. any of those people. You think you think I care who the Knicks win a title with? Please. Please. I mean, like I could make this, I could make this go really left with another analogy, but we could keep we could keep. Yeah, it. yeah, we yeah. ain't no, we ain't we ain't got time for that. We ain't we ain't got time for that. Um, let's talk about another team that was a preseason oh, yeah. NBA title oh, favorite. Yeah. They were plus four hundred uh, to start the season. Yo, this team. Shh, listen. Let's get this out of the way right now. <laughs> LeBron James is playing better than any 19-year veteran in the history of the NBA. We already talked about this. He may be the greatest player of all time. You know how I feel Bow about to that. The king. He, chill. <laughs> he's one of he's one of three dudes who can claim GOAT status in the history of this game. That's it. Point blank. End of discussion. However, the rest of that roster, dear God. And listen, I know Anthony Davis is hurt and all that, but that shouldn't still be why you guys – when LeBron – we talked about this the other day, Dex. When LeBron gets off the floor, they go from a plus 0.2 per 100 possession to minus 15. They are atrocious when he's off the floor. And he can't play 48 minutes a night. He's too old for that. Like that, and, he can't and, be and doing they're not that. even that great with him on the floor, let's be honest. Well, that's though, what I'm saying. Yeah, even only, though he's been great. Yes, they're only plus 0.2 when he's on the floor. Is my right. point. So what possible moves could the Lakers make? GM LeBron, this is, again, I gave Kevin Durant an F-minus for his moves. Same thing for you, my guy, F-minus. What moves can they do? Brian, what do you think? I think they're going to do well in the buyout market, maybe. But well, in terms of trades... Who they get? Who they get in the buyout? Another, another, in the another buyout old market? dude? Yeah, another 40-year-old dude? Who they get in the buyout Here's what I'm saying. In terms of... In, ter- in, buyout, in the buyout market, they're going to do well because they won't have to give up anybody, and they're the Lakers, so they'll just get somebody. I don't know how good the person is. Wait, 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 wait. Getting somebody is doing well? Yeah. Getting who? who because get? look at Getting their roster somebody? right now. Like it, 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 like right now at this point, and looking at their team, obviously their roster construction was bad. We knew this. It's not even a surprise that you know they're playing the way they're playing. Nope. But my whole thing with this team is that like it's not even like age necessarily because I think there's also just a lot of wear and tear in this roster. LeBron James is finally starting to crack a little bit in terms of injuries, which we've seen over the last couple of years. Um, They're ill-fitting. The roster is ill-fitting. Russell Westbrook. I mean, look, I was calling for them to get Buddy healed. I think he would have been so much better, though. He's not having a tremendous season now. Uh, I think he'd be having a better season than the Lakers. And I don't know how LeBron doesn't see that. He just sort of sees Star and, yeah, is his own worst enemy in terms of roster construction at times. I think they'll get someone in the buyout market. I don't think they have a lot of trade pieces, though, because Kendrick Nunn, who still hasn't even played, is maybe their best trade chip along with Taylor Horton Tucker. And what are we really talking about there? They don't have any. What do we? They think, don't have any draft. What do we think either. Kendrick Nunn and Taylor Horton Tucker are actually as players? If you t- if you ask Laker fans, nice role players. If you ask Laker fans, they'll think that they're getting a fourth star. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> uh, we're looking at like two and a half stars, maybe, maybe, maybe. With I don't them. know. We'll see. Taylor Horton Tucker. Would Taylor you- Horton Tucker is uh is an interesting dude. But other than that, it's like yo, if you go up and down the roster, like they don't they don't really have Austin Reeves. Trade. What, what trade value does yeah. Austin Reeves have? Yeah, this is what I'm. Murph, Yo, he hit think? a game winner. You want him? Yeah, I mean, he's he's. I 
I'd put him on the court for them. I'll tell you that much. He'd be, he'd be playing a lot if, if I'm coaching that team because they don't have much else. Um, I mean, you. I mean, to me, you, you got to blow that thing up. Like, if you're being honest, they're not going to do that. Yeah. But if you were, right. if you're really being honest about how you fix the Lakers, you blow them up. And if I'm yeah. uh, GM LeBron, I might blow myself up out of there too because <laughs> you got a long way to go. I mean. I mean, maybe you should get Ben Simmons. You know, maybe maybe Ben Simmons yeah. and Anthony Davis works. You know what I'm saying? Down down the line and, and build around those Ooh. two or something. Because what you have Ooh. now is just crazy. And we and we all saw it coming. I mean, LeBron is great. Um, but you know, he's not the same guy. Even if even if he puts up the same similar numbers, you know, we yeah. all you know, the two the 2013 LeBron was intimidating. Best athlete on yeah. the court by far. Never, that was never, nine yeah, years ago. Never got his shot <laughs> swatted. Never got yeah. dunked on. He was dunking yeah, on yeah, everybody. Yeah. That's not him anymore. And locking bro. people like, down. Now he, now, now, now he crying when the Grizzlies kick his yeah, ass, yeah, right? Yeah. He crying like, stop talking to see other people jumping like him, and he can't take it. He can't take it. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know what to say. And then you know you got you got Mel Westbrook. I mean, what kind what kind of move was that? That was that we when that happened, we all were like, "Are you serious right now?" I mean, he Polinka was playing fa fantasy basketball with this. I mean, it was just a, it was an atrocious GM job that was done. And you know, you could say maybe it was LeBron making decisions. It was LeBron. Fine. It was 100%. LeBron signs off on all I mean, those moves. It's just, it's, it, I mean, so he, they deserve to be where they are. And there's, not, and there's th nothing this you is can what do. I, this is what I always say, though, right? That's your challenge. When you have a star player like a LeBron, like a Kevin Durant, et cetera, those guys, you give them carte blanche when it comes to making roster decisions. And they are not fucking GMs. They're not good at that because they only value one thing, which is, oh, that guy can make tough shots. Yeah, cool. That's a very important skill to have, no doubt. But there's a million other things that have to happen that you are not doing. Who's running down to get that that loose ball? Not you. Who's diving on the ground? Who's getting? Not you, right? Who are the dudes to do that? It ain't Westbrook. Anthony, listen, the Anthony Davis thing is the real elephant in the room here. But you know, look, they won their title, so it worked out. People think that multiple titles is something that you were. It's a. It's an automatic. No, they won their yeah, they one. It. it it worked. Over. I'm with Murph. Blow it up, Dex. What you think? Look, man. <laughs> Look, glad it ain't my team I'm rooting for. They need to <laughs> blow it up for sure. But the thing is, as Murph said, they're not going to do that, right? It's yeah. out in L.A. They expect to win championships. They got the stars. It's Hollywood. You got LeBron out there. But, you know, I guess what they got to do is they just got to lean all the way in. You got to believe in the king. Right now, it's point two uh, positivity when, when he's on the court. You got to pray that it rises up and that the king has learned the error of his ways. In this right. trade season, he comes with some new energy right. and really figures things out as a GM. But the problem is what, what Brian said. Who are they going to trade? Brian talks about them doing well on the buyout market. Really? Are we sure? Like, who? also, who are they getting on this buyout market it's that they're going to get? Brian, I understand what you're saying. Brian, your, Brian's point is that it's the only avenue that they can do anything yes. to improve because it. What are, you, what are you getting back from Russell, for Russell yeah, Westbrook? Nothing. nothing. Nobody, nobody's trading for <laughs> Russell Westbrook. You know, shout out to Tommy Shepard with the Wizards because he fleeced them, right? Like, shout out to him. <laughs> oh, he, for he sure. fleeced them on that. Mm. This is... They, they can only pray they get somebody in the buyout market. But, guys, are we confident they can get anybody good? Because no. I, no. I don't see no. I don't see it at all. So, you know, the question here is, do the Lakers need help? Yeah, 
obviously they definitely need help. You know what I mean? Well, you, you know what they're betting on? They're betting on Anthony Davis comes back and is healthy, <laughs> and then they're gonna just roll with that. And, that's, that's, a, that and is... that's a wild bet, right? The Anthony Davis comes back <laughs> and, he's, and he's healthy. <laughs> but but no, next, no. next, you hit on it. You hit on it. Yeah. It's a delusional franchise with delusional yes, fans and yes. and it's delusional <laughs> players too. Uh, LeBron well, James, when LeBron James, <laughs> when they when they beat that struggling Atlanta team, who you know, because before that they had beaten nobodies, and then, then yep. they go, then they beat Atlanta. At least Atlanta's like a decent team. Like you said, they they were good last year. So you look at that, like oh, and 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 LeBron to the press is like, see, I told. He basically had. He was basically telling the press, see, I told you guys, just wait. You know, we we're going to get it together. Mm. And then that that's why he was so mad against the Grizzlies. When they came in, because LeBron himself thought that they had turned a corner. And he was like, wow, we are getting smacked right now. I, yo, I do, I do. Yo, yo, he was crying. He was crying in that Grizzlies game, getting mad. Stop talking shit. Jerome, like, you dog. did make the point that I said, that their only hope is that the return of Anthony Davis, who leads yeah. the league in trips to the locker room, the only hope <laughs> is that he is sort of like this midseason acquisition. But we're not just hoping for him to return. And we're not just hoping for him to stay healthy, Murph. We're also hoping that... He does something like this, play as a number one option, which we have not seen him do. If their franchise is going to get to the next level, you got to see this guy play as a number one option. We haven't seen it. I know none of y'all here buy into it. I don't buy into it. And the thing is, we don't even know if he can stand up to do and that. And he's not even going to come back 100% of what he was Facts. when the, like when the and, season started. And, and he wasn't and, playing that well before. Right. Good and, point, Ryan. Good point. And we talk about the, 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 the bubble championship. And he comes back to a team that's not as good as that team was. Because yeah, defensively, yeah. they're he, trash. Yeah. He, I mean, he has to come back and be honest. It's what Don't he needs stop. to be in. <laughs> that, no, but I'm saying, no, no, I'm that's saying. That's what they're betting for them on. To yeah. be, no. for, the, for them to be, what? because think about it. When he came out of college, that's what people thought he was going. Who Giannis is now is who they thought Anthony Davis would be in his prime in the NBA. He ain't that. I mean, he, he is, was that for, he, he, was, he was close that. to that for a couple of years in New Orleans. Couple years he got close, but hasn't we, been the same also, since. We, I mean, he had the, the bubble run, the bubble run. We also saw the bubble. head to head with Giannis when Giannis did to him. Giannis, uh, yo, Giannis, Giannis yeah, took man, his lunch took money, his lunch man. Money. Yeah, he, can't, can't he, took, he took that boy's lunch yeah. money. Uh, speaking of fun, here we go. Let's talk about my, my favorite team, go. the Memphis oh, Grizzlies. <laughs> Shout out to the Grizzly Cubs, hottest team in the NBA, nine in a row, taking all the Golden State Warriors tonight, going for 10 straight. Look, I got him plus two, by the way. Are they plus two tonight, by the way? I like it. I like it. Are they the same in the same position as Cleveland in that don't fuck it up? You're doing well. Don't be trading pieces now and try to get that wing, whatever. Stand pat. Because the one thing, even though I know he's not available, because I don't want to give up Desmond Bain. I think Bain's, I mean, he could shoot it. But if you can get Jalen Brown, I might be like, wow. But I know Jalen may not be available, Celtics, whatever, all that. What do you guys think? Grizzly stand pat? Or if you can get Jalen Brown or Bradley Beal, do you make that move? Bradley Beal, no. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Bradley, 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 Bradley Beal is a no for me, y'all. I, I, I don't know about y'all, but he's a no for me. Jalen Brown, I would think about it because I think he fits nicely as this no, nice young athletic guy uh, who could play. Maybe he needs to get away from Tatum. I'm not trying to start any problems there. Maybe he needs to change the scenery. Maybe all of that. But I'm more inclined to keep this in the level of the Cavs, right? Just stand pat. Uh, you got a good young core. I love how Desmond Bain is playing, one of my favorite players to watch. Mm -hmm. I'm I am on board the Grizzlies hype train, right? I'm never gonna have I am never gonna have the energy that Gerard has, but I am aboard <laughs> the Grizzlies hype train. 
I like what I'm seeing. I told Gerard this. Gerard, remember I said this to you, and I think I said this to Brian too a couple weeks ago. I can see them winning the first round series now. If, oh, if they play, we win in the first Mur- round Murph, series. Me, I'm gonna oh, just yeah. ask Murph. I want to ask Murph this. I don't think Murph's on this conversation. If they play the Lakers four or five in the first round, who you taking? Hey, who you taking, Murph? Who you taking? That might be a sweep. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> you saw what they just did to them twice. Like, come on, man. right? Please. And it's so look, gonna... if 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 I think I think a lot of the intelligent basketball community is looking at the Grizzlies and the way they're playing. And the most important thing to me for them in the way they're playing, you can wax poetic about Ja, you can talk about Desmond Bain, you can talk about how Triple J is coming along, all that stuff, but it's how much better they've gotten defensively. That's the mm-hmm. thing for me. Mm-hmm. And when you have that kind of cohesiveness as a unit defensively, you got to keep that together. So, nah, no moves for me on this one. Brian, wax poetically about my Grizzlies, please. If you say anything funny, I'm amazing. He's going to say they're not the Heat. So, you know. Yeah. Well, he goes further with the Grizzlies than I do with the Heat. So we'll start. We'll start Stop there. it. No, no, uh, no. You no, absolutely no. do. I, 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 I haven't dropped the Wii. You just dropped the Wii. Okay. So, oh, yeah, yeah. These you know what I'm that's, 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 because, that's because you're very careful about that. You're very careful. <laughs> yes. 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 Brian never wants to admit that he's a Heat fan, but we know that he is. Go ahead, Mr. Miami. Uh, all right. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What was that? Were you just thinking about kissing Pat Riley's ring? Something, something like that? <laughs> no, I was not. Uh, I will say this about the Grizzlies. I, I'm inclined to agree with Dex. I think that they're in the, I put them in the don't fuck it up category. Just sort of like, gr- you've grown this organically in your 28 and 14 mm-hmm. in a conference that I don't think is all that scary. Now, that's not to say that I could see them coming out of it this year, but like they, we have questions already about if Utah has an early or slash ugly playoff exit, they might split that whole thing up. Golden State, how much longer are they going to stay on top? You know what I'm saying? Like there are, there's a way for Memphis to sort of like get into that class. And then with Phoenix, it's the same thing because we don't know how much longer Chris Paul is going to be at this Chris Paul level. So the Grizzlies are knocking on the door already. I don't think they need to do anything just yet. Um, I do like the makeup of their team. And why I think this is different than Atlanta is because they are better defensively in terms of keeping the young core together. Like I don't feel like they have as many guys that I'm like having to worry about whether or not they're happy necessarily. I think that I would feel comfortable because Desmond Payne is in the second year. I could feel, I would feel comfortable after next year, extending him and being like, all right, Mm -hmm. look around John Morant's here, Jaron Jackson, Desmond Bain. Like we'll see how that looks. Who knows if they'll still have Dylan Brooks by then. Maybe that's a guy that you want to trade. I wouldn't because I like what he gives for that team from a leadership standpoint. He's making the all-Brian team this year. We'll get to that. We we know that. We know that. They also have Tyus Jones, who I love as a backup point guard. Like, if I was building a team right now, like, that's the kind of backup point guard I would want because he doesn't want to fucking shoot the ball every time he touches him. Um, And then there's also DeAnthony Melton is somebody I I really like. Like, You know, he could hit more shots, maybe, but I really like what he gives to them defensively. So I think their identity is a little bit different. And I do think they could win a, a first-round playoff series. So, look, just go as far as you want this year. See what you have. And then in the offseason, maybe that's when you sort of, you know, make your move or whatever. All those players you mentioned are on nice, friendly deals. And the Jaron Jackson Jr. extension, because of the injury in year two, is not on that higher super max end. So that when the John Moran extension comes next year, your good money, right? You can keep them both. That's the key that they were able to do. So it's like similar to how Golden State got Steph on that $44 million deal. That's how they were able to get Kevin Durant, right? Like 
you were able to maintain because you don't got a whole lot of money. Murph, you good, right? Stan Pat, if you're the Grizzlies. Yes, Stan Pat, you 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 took the words out of my mouth in the beginning when you compared him to Cleveland. It's this it's the exact same thing to me. Uh way ahead of schedule. And they're, they're you know, they're probably even more ahead of schedule than Cleveland is, especially with the West is you know, below them is so weak. So at least at least right now. And you know, I would be hesitant even for a Jalen Brown uh to break up what they have because I think the identity mm-hmm. Their identity is really Dylan Brooks and Bain and Melton mm-hmm. and that toughness mm-hmm. and that defense and that confidence. Mm-hmm. Almost like they're like those three guys, you know, that definitely Dylan Brooks and, and uh, Bain are like kind of like a Draymond uh, mentality mm-hmm. right there mm-hmm. that, that mm-hmm. people fear that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, they don't they don't want people don't want to play against those guys. So I, I think that's mm-hmm, huge, mm-hmm. And, and that also makes them different from Atlanta having having all those pieces. Atlanta had name guys, you know, high profile guys coming out of college. These guys all want to make a name mm-hmm. for themselves. Meanwhile, Bain, he's you know he was drafted mm-hmm. late. You know, these guys mm-hmm. nobody knew who they were. Nobody expected much out of them. They all have chips on their shoulders. So I think that's part of mm-hmm. that's a huge part yeah. of their makeup. And we saw yeah. how well they played for without sure. Morant. So stay mm-hmm. Yeah. No, they, they, what I love about this team is, I asked Ja about this. We respect all these great teams. When we play against Kyrie and KD and Brooklyn and this team and LeBron, we respect those guys, legends of the games, but we don't fear anybody. And I was like, oh shit, look at you talking tough. Like, and that's how you got to play ball, right? Like respect them because of what they've done. But it's like, yo, I'm going to kick your ass. That's how, that's, and, and that, that's, that's, that's how you got to play ball. That's how you got to live your fucking life. That's how you got to operate like in any like, we go. But this is why, this we is go. why I like John Moran, and I don't want him to get hurt because the way he plays like just really scares me oh, sometimes. Man. He scared every he scares me. But so yo, much. every time he, he has up. the per him, Dylan Brooks, like they have the perfect amount of yeah. fuck you in them that I like. Right, yeah, they do. So they do. That's they that's do. what I want. They I do. hear Dexter laughing and you, over there, but he... no, but it's true. When you when when you ball, when you ball, and when you when you go up against LeBron, like when LeBron started barking back at them, they didn't back down. They were they like, "No, stop us. We, we busting your ass." Like, cool. Like, and that's that's how you got to play. You can't can't have that back down in you. All right, last two teams we'll talk about because they. I mean, the Knicks. I don't want to put them in this category. Let's just do Portland first and the Knicks. I'm over Portland. <laughs> Look, either no, no, either sit. Dame for the rest of yeah. the year or trade them, figure out what you're doing. Cause I'm this, I don't know what they're doing. I'm done with that team. Where, how do you guys feel about Portland? Murph, I'll start with you. Yeah. You know, I don't care too much about Portland. I, <laughs> I, think, I think, I think you have, you just rebuild. I mean, it's, it's obvious for everybody to see, yeah. you know, Dame, yeah. should, should, you know, it's, it's time to move on. You're not going to win there. Um, Definitely. Not. And you know, and then you got guys who, you know, you got Anthony Simons. Look what he's doing. He's nice. And we knew, and we kind of, we kind of knew that mm-hmm. he was in the in the waiting, and he could do this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. It, you know, it's not. I think what we're seeing from him now is real, and, and we'll see that moving forward. But yeah, rebuild, keep him, keep a couple other guys, and and you know, keep Simons, keep Nazir Little, everybody else. Shit, yeah. y'all and maybe still go. if they can still get Ben, maybe not now because because Lillard might not be able to play this year. Who knows? Um, I don't. So yeah, who knows if they can even get that. Simmons at this point. Where you at, Dex? Yeah, well, that's the thing, too. Now, with Lillard possibly not being in play this year, which makes me mad about Portland, we, y'all should have blew this up since 2019. That's why I'm over them. Because I mean, this is a while yeah. ago they should have blown this up. And when you heard all the rumors of Ben Simmons for Damian Lillard, which is a trade I think that made a ton of sense for both sides, that's something you need to get done. But the longer they stretch this out, it's the worse it's going to be for the franchise. If you can get yourself a young star like a Ben Simmons in there right now, you do that. Get some shooters around him. I think they could be okay. Um, whether you're the biggest Ben Simmons fans or fan or not, but 
right now, come on, man. Like, it's just time to move on. The, the longer they're dragging mm-hmm. this out, this guy's – I'm looking at a team the other night, and it's like I'm watching Nurkic play, and I'm like, what are you doing? Like, I don't even like what he's doing. He looks confused out there. <laughs> Nobody's playing for each other. Seeing the young guys like Simons, you said, who we knew had talent, Nasir Little. Yeah, let, let's let's see those guys playing Cook. Uh, I'm over it. I respect Dame for all that loyalty and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That shit's all great. Dog, be the bad guy. Who cares? Say, yo, get me the fuck out of here and send me somewhere else. Like, it's over now. Brian, where you at with Portland? There's so much redundancy just on their guards. It's hilarious. Like, first of all, I didn't like that they traded uh, Gary Trent Jr. for Norman Powell last year because that just felt pretty redundant. And now some people would say that Gary Trent Jr. is is just as good, if not better. Uh, you have Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, Norman Powell, and then you have Anthony Simons, who we, as Murph said, we already kind of knew because there were whispers about him being good like a couple years ago. He was very raw. You're probably busting Dame's ass <clears> in practice. <throat> he I was bet very you. raw coming out of, uh, uh, coming out of, I think, IMG Academy when he yeah. was in high school, and he was supposed to be very good, and now we're starting to see that, right? Like, he was a highly touted prospect, if I recall correctly. They just signed Dennis Smith Jr. for the year, so that's like five, six, three guards that they just have on their roster Jesus that just want to score, like... Yeah, obviously, I think that they should, you know, they should have really done this. I wouldn't say 2019, Dex, because 2019 was the year that they went to the Western Conference Finals, so they have to see Fluky. Oh, yeah, that. I guess, but that's why I was saying that, because I knew it was a fluke. Yeah, that's, fluky. That was a fluke. Yeah, but, but, but what I'm saying is... Yeah, what's realistic was going to happen? I get yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. A team, realistically, like, they weren't going to do that. And then, but now, like... I think that it would have been the perfect time before the year because you had a coaching change. And then shortly after that, you've had changes in the front office. So now it seems like it's going to happen and you're probably not going to get as much value for certain guys as you should. I don't even know, like, but how do you go about it first? Like, what's the first domino to drop? I almost feel like what we think they're going to do one thing, but I almost feel like they're just going to trade Norman Powell, try to get stuff for him. And mm-hmm. shit, yep. maybe even trade Simons and just keep Damon CJ and try to run it back oh, and build that's around. hundred percent what they're yeah. gonna do. A hundred percent what they're gonna do. And it's gonna be sorry, Dame, you languished your whole career in the shitty Pacific. No, let me rephrase that. <laughs> the lovely Pacific Northwest for the shitty Portland Trailblazers. All right, this is this is what's gonna happen because Jody Allen wants to sell that team. Let's not let, let, let's let's not uh make no mistake about it. Oh, we got a little drop in the chat here. Kobe Altman got his contract nice. extended through the 2027-2028 season. Look, Kobe's deserved it, man. When LeBron left, people were like, yo, the Cavaliers are a disaster. What are they going to do? Got Evan Mobley, baby. You got Darius Garland. You got some guys. You got Jared Allen. As we said, they are the future's looking bright. Kobe, don't do nothing yep. stupid. Just stand pat. Don't trade none of them dudes. You're fine. Shit, you're probably going to make the playoffs at this rate, the way y'all playing. Yeah. So just, just keep I'll it there. All right, Dex. Yeah, for sure. We're we, we going to let you uh, kick off the Knicks. Look. <laughs> The reality of the situation is that Julius Randle hit his peak and his outlier year last uh-huh. year. I don't know that that's ever going to get replicated again. And we're seeing it this year. It's just not happening. He's having some dust up with the fans. They getting on him. Bro, this is New York. You know, when you, you know, you know how they do here. They need to get RJ's development this year has made me very, very unsettled. And I don't like it. Although he did play a little better recently, hit that game winner. Um, quickly. I like him. Obi Toppin's got to play more. Look. I just the Knicks overachieved potentially last year. And now I think they're kind of rounding into more of like what they actually are, which is a, you know, a middling team. What do you think? All right. So here's the thing. I'm the Knicks. Maybe they overachieved last year. Maybe they did. But the thing I think where people are getting a little bit too crazy about stuff is the Knicks are in the same exact spot that they were last year after 41 games, 20 and 21. 
You know what helped turn their season around? A trade for Derrick Rose to help spark them and get out of play. They don't have Derrick Rose right now. He might come back. I'm not sure there's much the Knicks can do. I'm not sure there's stuff they should do. My opinion, what they should do is keep it going with the young, talented play. Find a way to get some more playing time for Obi, who absolutely deserve it. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying get mm-hmm. Randall out of here because that segment of the Knicks fan base, y'all are ridiculous. Now, has Randall been <laughs> as good as he's we needed him to be? No, for sure. He is not. And he's looking a little soft in how he's dealing with the fans. Not really a fan of that at all whatsoever. Do they need help? Yes, but I think sort of the help is the internal development. I think we sometimes don't mm-hmm. value that enough. We talk, we're talking about that with mm-hmm. Memphis, although I think those teams are already there, and even Cleveland. Let these guys get that experience. I think the experience mattered for the Knicks last year in getting those wins and playing in the playoffs. But now it's time to trust the young guys a little bit more. Tibbs has done a little mm-hmm. bit of that. We're seeing quickly get some minutes, especially in crunch time. Yep. We're seeing Grimes get 20 to 25 minutes a game. We'd like to see some more for Obi. Those things are the things I look about as a Knicks fan where it's going to help them. Don't make a move. Don't go get Miles Turner. What's that going to do for you? Going to keep you in the second round exits all the time? Ain't nobody trying to see yeah. that. Build something here and let the young dudes develop. And if the Knicks don't even get are as successful as they were last year, it's probably not that bad of a thing. Like That's my <laughs> thing. It's not, it's not the end of the world here if they don't get to 45 wins. We always think the success has to be incremental, and then the next year they're supposed to win 45, and then here and here. So, look, if could they be a player, Gerard, I don't know how you guys would feel about this. If you could tell me, somebody, I believe it was Brian that mentioned this, about them possibly going for Cam Reddish, a guy that can help them with outside scoring. That's now, rumored that's, right now. SMY is reporting that. That's a move. What, I what, be what would you have to give up to get Cam Reddish? Because I would be intrigued with that. What would I have to give up yeah. to get Cam? Now, here's the thing. Let's Knox think about this. What, what would you? Oh, shit. please, I'll do that right. Please, what did you say? Now, like Kevin Knox, he said, Knox in a pick. <laughs> please, yeah, but I if mean, you're, if you're Atlanta, why would you want Knox? Yeah, like, Travis, like, no, you want the man. pick if you're Atlanta, they're probably gonna wave Knox after that. You know what I'm saying? But the, so, so okay. you're saying you're saying basically, uh, you're saying a pick for, for well, we Red. know that if, if, not, Atlanta, if, if Atlanta's trading Cam Reddish, they're expecting a first round pick, maybe two. Oh, maybe two. Yes, I think, I think, I think Travis said two. Okay, so. by the way, shout out to shout out to uh, producer Greg Alcala who's out here. You know, Greg's one of these emotional Nick fans who like every time something goes wrong, trade him, send that dude away. It's like, look, man, y'all are who y'all are. All right, Tibbs got to play the young dudes more. OB. I am concerned about RJ's development, though. Merv, what are you seeing out of RJ development-wise? Like, I thought this year he'd be – the three was money last year. What the fuck is going on now? Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm a little worried about RJ, especially how the season has gone so far. But he has picked it up in the last three, four games. So if he can stay on that trajectory, you know, uh, he still has time. You know, this still could be a good year for him if he if he uh, finishes the year how he's played the last few games. I mean, yeah, the Knicks – it's it's tough to see what they could do to get better, you know. The Rand, trading Randall thing is funny, but I mean the way, you know, and this is just now happening. And I'm I'm somebody who likes you like to get out in front of things, catch things early, and this is and it's very early. It's only one game since he did that thumbs down uh, to the fans, but he looked yeah. like Ben Simmons out there last night. He, I mean, if you watch, he did not want to shoot. He he, 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 pa- he passed up Woo! open shots. He was dribbling he around. He was like, "Let me get a triple double, so these people don't notice." Like he's, pa- he's wait, passing. y'all saying the New York yeah. crowd broke him? I mean, y'all saying I'm he not broke? yet? We don't know yet, but I'm just saying I want to get look, out in front of it early. Listen, that last night was a sign. Okay, listen, okay. listen I'm, uh, I'm Mark has you. reason upon what he saw last night, which I saw the same thing. I don't think I think he did other things in the game that helped him as well. 
and I'm I'm not here to poo-poo that, but Murph is onto something here and saying that's something to keep an eye on because once you get broken here, you think Ben Simmons got broken Philly? Woo! You get broken here, I will be the person willing to drive and you the, to the airport. The MSG, the MSG crowd is foul. Like you know what I mean? Like and, and it's not, yeah, it's not you know, it's like Philly or Boston where they'll just boo yeah. you, you know what I'm saying, heckle you yeah. or whatever. In, yeah. in MSG, when he gets the ball, you just hear grumbles. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like the whole yo. the whole crowd just grumbles. That's even, yo, Murph, that's even Murph, worse. Murph. That's even worse. Than yeah, they probably they, they're probably talking slick to his wife and his and his kid. Uh, he, uh, if they're doing that, I'm never gonna co-sign that. If, come on, oh, Dex. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> come on. Yeah. They probably they probably you're, you're, right, you're right. And the worst thing I ever saw a fan do to a player was at MSG. It was to an Rondo. player. Yes. Rondo, I told you about that story. Yes. What happened? What'd they do? This this guy cursed out Rondo talking about his mom. Before whatever. Before game. Film. This was 2010. Before game three or four. Knicks are playing the Celtics. I'm there. Rondo's warming up. And here's the thing about it. The guy's cursing out Rondo, mother effing this, blah, 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 blah. And I looked over and his kids are there. And Rondo says, Damn. Rondo turns to him and is like, yo, you do this in front of your kids? And he just went back to shooting. Which the dude felt real shitty and he just like left the area. Well, he had wait, to feel wait, wait, wait. These fans. Did he look, ha- did he look like, all right, he, he, white dude, right? Obviously, right? He was. Okay. <laughs> um, Nick's jersey over a t shirt? No, no, no. If I remember correctly, he was wearing like a gray hoodie or something. Oh, like, okay. If I remember correctly. That would have been my second guess. I would have looked- guessed. I would have guessed Nick's jersey over a T-shirt with a ball cap. You know what I'm saying? With a bad yeah, hat. He, Brian, are, are you are you are you are you stereotyping right now, Brian? You stereotyping? I'm probably right though. I'm not blaming you for stereotyping. Anybody else? Because that's a. I think Murph brings up this great point. I just want to say that because I really think it's a great point, Murph. I'm not saying get Randall out of here, and I know you weren't saying that either. But I do think it's something to watch about how he handles the crowd here. I do think that's something to keep an eye on, and. If you can't get that done, then you weren't built to play here anyway. Last year, you talking about we here, and now the fans are like we out, and you not you not, you you not, <laughs> we don't see you here. And if you and ask I, me, that, that was part of his problem, even up to this point, even before the thumbs down thing, he's been struggling yeah. with the crowd. Yeah, you know, yeah. New York, I mean, we all know New York is a different beast. Okay, yeah, man. Any yeah, sport, yeah. it doesn't even matter. Yeah, you know, it's just like yeah. people talk about all these other places, and then the fans nah, are me. Nah, nah, you, but nah, yeah, they all listen. Listen, we will let you know here, and if you and if this crowd gets to you here and breaks you, it's a wrap. Uh, Brian, I'll let you wrap with, uh, on that. Uh, real quick, it makes you think. Now they should have traded high on Randall last season. That was the time to move. You, on, you were on that, J- Gerard. You I was on that. I was like, "Yo, sign him and then move him immediately." I didn't think you were necessarily wrong either, because I I was also saying like I didn't expect him to replicate that production, though I expected him to be better than this. And it's diff- and it's just difficult to do that, right? Like after you've had your best season in almost a decade, the guy who engineered that, who was all NBA. Like, it's just very difficult to do that. It's not the same thing as the Mets trading R.A. Dickey after he won the Cy Young Award. You know what I mean? It's, it's different because they didn't even make the playoffs that year. Right. So I think that with uh, with the Knicks, like, Shots fired. I've always said, yeah, and they got Noah Syndergaard out of that deal, so it worked out. Um, I think that with, uh, with, with the Knicks, like, my whole thing has just been, look, I think that while R.J. Barrett hasn't taken the step that I envisioned, he has been better lately. 23 points per game, six rebounds, three or four assists in his last six. And he's and, you know starting to hit really well. And it's going to be a vacuum because of Randall. You see who who has been the man the last two, two uh, couple of games when Randall was all struggling. RJ has kind of stepped into that. 
And, so and that, to your point, and you see your point in the chat, you made a great point uh, the other day when you said, well, you know, Randall's struggling, but they haven't really, they never gave him the keys. That's like the thing. Said, but that, He was a second round pick. You, may, you might need to do that. Yeah. Second like he, overall pick. Sorry. Third overall pick. Mm-hmm. But third like, yeah, I, I think that like, yo, but that's, that's my thing, Gerard, right? It's like, yo, mm-hmm. I'm watching too many Nick games where too many times they have RJ Barrett standing in the fucking corner. Like he was, like he was the 28th overall pick in the 2016 draft, and they just have him here on a veteran minimum. And it's like, yo, no motion, no nothing. he's a third overall pick. He was the best high school recruit when he was coming out that year with Zion and Cam Reddish. And he Bull thought he Bull. was better than Zion when they he, were he in was rated higher. He was the higher prospect. At Duke. Because he was, he was more accomplished internationally with Team Canada and, you know, was part of that team that, you know, had a chance at going back to the Olympics, which they still have a chance to do a couple of years from now. They haven't been since the year 2000. And they have a lot of good players. Like, he's somebody who is serious. Like, I saw him at, when he was playing at Montverde here at Nationals on the floor with Jaron Jackson Jr. and Scotty Barnes and all these other dudes. He was the best player there that was here. Both years that he was here, which is crazy. And that's saying yeah, a lot. And all, how good Scotty Barnes and Jaron Jackson are All those other right dudes now. was good. And, like, you know, fucking Jaron Jackson was on La Lu. La Lu was stacked the year that he was there. Like, they were the best team in the nation. They won the whole shit. But R.J. Barrett was then a sophomore before he reclassified back up, and he was outplaying a lot of them dudes. He would get 25-9 and or whatever the case may be. And it's like, yo, I get pissed off whenever I see Julius Randle get the ball at the top of the key, and then he starts, you know, and I'm looking at R.J. just sort of stand there. (laughs) If he had pockets, he would put his hands in them or whatever. And it's like, all right, so I guess I'm just going to be a spot-up shooter for this possession. It's like, yo, see what you have in your third overall pick from a couple years ago, who's only 21 Mm -hmm. years old. That's the other thing. He's still mad young. Mad young. He's very young. So it's like, yo, Look, this is this, this is on tips, right? This is a lot of this is I on still tips. Think, I you still can... think he's a future all star and could be a star, but yo, you have like, let's see it. You have to play through him more. Well, maybe you, this you is drafted the him very maybe, highly. Maybe this is the blessing. Steve Nash is very high on him. I mean, obviously, this is Godfather, all that, but Nash is like, yo, RJ's RJ's the goods, man. Listen, Tibbs has got to do something better. Leon Rose, William Musk in that front office. Yo, man, y'all got some work to do. Uh, shout out to producer Greg. He's like, how's RJ supposed to develop when you take the ball out of his hands with Randall, Fournier, and Kemba? He should be the number two option. I mean, he should be the number one option. Yeah, maybe. He should be, no, he should be number if, one, I if, think. If, and he has been. If Randall ain't, he has. If yeah. Randall ain't doing nothing, which he isn't, right? Like, yo, it's time to give the keys to RJ and let I, him do his I, thing. I, you know what? That could just be the answer. That could just be the help the Knicks need. Diversifying, right? Changing something up. RJ gets the ball in his hands more. His playmaking has been pretty good. We've seen that. He's been playing downhill. Maybe that's the trade mm-hmm. that you need. Yo, and, and, yes. d- and yes. just look, just, just give him like whatever many more possessions, stick Randall in the dunker mm-hmm. spot a little bit more, mm-hmm. see what the fuck yep. happens. And it's like, yeah. yo, I think. Let him roll to the rim. It's and like, shit. yo, yeah. it's better for your long-term future because it's like, all right, we 100%. just experienced the best season that Julius Randall's going to have. And we saw what that did, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Now, if he could stay right. like, all-star borderline, all-star level, great. Now let's see what turning this over to RJ would do. By the way, right. extension yes. eligible after this year. So you should oh, be yeah. getting the answers to these things. And, and, free, free RJ Barrett. And the thing with Randall that we all questioned whether he could keep up is the shooting and the scoring. He can still give you that other stuff. He could be yep. a Ben Simmons type because he can pass. You know, he can't pass. He can sure. rebound. He can handle the ball. He can bring it up. All, he can shoot all too. That kind of stuff. Right. Look, he he – he already got paid, right? So, I mean, come on, dog. Like, if we know this, you being the number one option ain't working, let's do something Thanks. different. All right, folks, we're going to wrap on this. Top fives, because everyone loves top fives. Okay, who are your top five teams in the NBA right now? We're going to start with you, 
Dexter Henry. All right, am I going? Five, are we going five through one? Is is, is five, five through, through one? one? Yep. All right. Five at one. number five, I got the Utah Jazz uh, mm-hmm. right now, uh, coming in at number five. Even though I still don't think they will do anything in the playoffs. Uh, <laughs> at number four, I'm going to put the Brooklyn Nets, although they're slipping down. I could have put them out of this right now. Uh, mm-hmm. Three got the Chicago Bulls. Two Phoenix mm-hmm. Suns. Number one got the Dubs Warriors. I like four. it. What you got, Murph? Top five. I got at five. I got the Bulls. At four, mm-hmm. I got the Miami Heat. Oh, God, are you Brian? At, at, <laughs> Brian Pandering. And, I'm, and I'm, I'm projecting what I think is going to be, you know, who okay. I really think is going to do something. Mm-hmm. Uh, at three, I got Phoenix. At mm-hmm. two, I got Miami. And at one, Golden Ooh. State. Okay, I like it. B, what you got? Top five. Am I doing this based on what we've seen so far or what? Or am I projecting? You're, 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 I, I, I said top five in the league right now. Who are the five best teams to you right now in the NBA? Miami, okay. Miami, 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 Miami. <laughs> so Dexter's non surprise. I'm going to have a tie at five because I can't decide who to oh, kick God. out of here. Uh, so I'm going to just stick, I'm going to just stick Miami and Brooklyn as a tie for fifth right now. Okay. Um, I'm going to put a Utah four. I'm going to put, actually, no, I'm going to put, no, I lied. I'm going to put, yeah, Miami, Brooklyn. Sorry, Miami, Brooklyn, tie for fifth. I'm gonna put mm-hmm. uh, Utah four, mm-hmm. Phoenix three, Milwaukee two, and uh, number one Golden State for now. Okay, I like it. My, My top five. I'm gonna go. Change, oh, I mean, this is yeah, this is top five right now today at 7:47 on the 11th. It is Chicago Bulls at five, the Memphis Grizzlies at four, the Utah Jazz at three, Golden State Warriors at two, and the Phoenix Suns at number one. Okay. Not bad. Folks, listen, man, we appreciate y'all rocking with me, guys. Thanks for, for jumping in for Jenna today, pinch hitting as she recovers out there in health and safety protocols. Listen, you guys want to know where to find Brian Fonseca being angry or talking about the Miami Heat? He's at Brian Fonseca in New York. You can find him on the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. Also, FanDuel. Listen, betting things are happening. It's legal in New York. I mean, people are doing it anyway. <laughs> um, so, you know, <laughs> you can you can get it. You can get on these <laughs> Pick some prize. Use use that seven at, at the seven footer code. They will match your entire deposit up to a hundred dollars. That's pretty good. Take advantage of that free money. Dexter Henry is also the host of the Antel podcast. You can find him at D Henry TV and the NBA Exchange. And as a soon to be announced special thing coming soon, so, where you can find him. We won't we won't we won't say yet. And of course, you can find Murph doing his thing college college basketball, putting out his top sixty four. Murph, who's the best team in college basketball right now? Uh, the Baylor Bears. Ooh, look at Baylor. Look at Baylor. They, they, they're going to win that natty? Well, I don't know about that. It's, it's, pretty, it's, you know, it's pretty wide open. <laughs> chill, chill. But right now, they're the best team. It's hard to argue. <laughs> right. you, you can find him at Black Atologist, hosting the Bros Bob with the legendary William C. Roden. And, of course, his work is also on the Undefeated. As always, guys, you can find us on Twitter at Simbers Pod, on Instagram at Simbers Podcast, at JS Hector on Twitter. And until next time, peace. peace. Spent a couple years out here with these raps Tryna have a plan that we may come true Plotted some jobs but I ain't hit back I don't wanna trap, what's a man gon' do? Chevy told me come through to the spot Got a little kickback, bring the whole crew Right around 10 came dressed in the nines You already know what we really finna do When we pull up on the scene, pull up on the scene Pull up on the scene, yeah we pull